Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 18 of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Choriki Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm awake. Hey man, that's that's good. Apparently. I mean, that's sort of table stakes for what we're doing here, but... Uh, Listen, Matt. I'm gonna be re- <laughs> in terms of like awakeness and alertness. I'm not. I don't bring a lot to the table these days. Okay, I mean right that's now, reasonable in this in this space that I live in. But I'm here. All I'm right, here, and I'm gonna just man, just do my best. Hey man, to come up with some quality goofs. By, by the end <laughs> of this episode, no one will be able to say that we have not produced an episode of the show. And I think that's true. And I think that we can count on that. And I think that that's that is a that's a reasonable deliverable, Dave. Yeah, no, Achievable I think goals. I think we can commit to producing an episode of this podcast that we make. Okay. Uh well, speaking of that podcast that we make, Dave, uh what we do is we watch an episode of Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. Today is episode 18. It is called A Dad's Unusual Love, and it's okay. I was going to say it's not as weird as it sounds. It's not weird in that way, but it is extremely weird. But before we get into it's that, It's a Dave, very weird episode. Before we get to talking about the episode, Dave, uh, shining in the heavens as ever, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Well, Matt, another St. Patrick's Day has come and gone. Yes, Dave, that, that big green day. And, uh... Now listen, let me just say, I love the Irish. Sure. I don't want anybody to uh, to hear what the words that I'm about to say and think that I have uh, that I have beef with the proud sons and daughters of Aaron. That's not the case. No, no, no. But St. Patrick's Day, guys. Uh, yeah, can we like can we man? Chill? <laughs> can we like? Can we all chill? just have one day to chill. <laughs> I mean, I guess we have all the other <laughs> like, days in which we could chill. But boy, I just like listen, dude. And man, listen, I am uh I am I am susceptible to conviviality. I've been known <laughs> to, to have a drink or two. Sure, listen. Right? Uh, I've even anyone... been in situations where I've had too many drinks, sometimes on purpose, sometimes not on purpose. Sometimes it just happens. I recognize that. Sure. Okay. But Dave, do you, in those occasions, have you ever started out your day by putting on your cartoonish drinking costume? <laughs> I will. Um, unless you count like a fraternity t-shirt, the answer is no, Matt. Uh, be- uh, okay. Because I was, me- listen, I, I also, listen, anyone who knows me knows that I love hanging out with friends. I love hanging out with friends. I love going out because I live alone, Dave. And it's nice I to like see other humans. Things. Um, and so I did go out yesterday. I went in. I went out on the St. Patrick's Day, and I just I thought I'm gonna go to my I'm gonna go to my normal bar, and I'm just gonna sort of enjoy. Oh, Matt, no. I'm going to enjoy no, the dude. comfort of friends. And also, it was right next to a grocery store, and I desperately needed to get some stuff for sandwiches. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I poked my head in, and it was like 
it was a neon war zone in there. <laughs> and the, the thing is, okay, I'm going to call 10, 15% of the people who were in there uh, were wearing some sort of outlandish headgear. And here's what I got to know, Dave. To the people who own a St. Patrick's Day like felt like floppy, like nineties rave style top hat, or like mm-hmm. a plastic green bowler derby, or even I don't know seven pounds of green Mardi Gras beads, are those things that you buy every year, or do you just open up the forbidden box once every March and like break that stuff out and go to town? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's probably got to be a mix. I feel like it's got to be a mix. So let me relate to you a story. And, like, this is just just chill for, like, a hot second, everybody. Because this is an, this is an exchange that Beth and I overheard. We were behind uh, – we were at Starbucks, and we were behind uh, some people in line. And they said – it was two college students that are like, oh, man, like, I didn't – are you going to go to St. Patrick's Day? Like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to go for the parade. It's going to be great. And then one of them said, yeah, last year – I didn't get to do anything like I didn't do anything for St. Patrick's Day because I had an exam like it wasn't on a weekend and I had an exam that day. Mm -hmm. And the other person said, oh, yeah, like that's super lame because by the time your exam is over, like you can't do anything. And the person said, yeah, dude, like my exam was over by three. And then by by the time I got back home, like everybody was done. By three o'clock. By three o'clock in the afternoon, Matt. Well, Dave, if you just to be clear, if you wake up at ten in the morning and immediately start drinking beer, <laughs> right? Like... By the time they were done with their exam at three o'clock, their other friends had partied so hard that like they were just done. They had partied out by three o'clock, which like first of all, amateur hour. Like, let me just say that. Oh, sure. I mean, listen, you know, I'm not like, trying to get anybody yourself. on here. Like, the whole point of this is that everyone needs to take a deep breath and sit down for five minutes and drink some water. But, like, for real, dudes, 3 p.m., come on. Come on, yeah. Uh, so, like, let's just, yeah, like, can we just, like, collectively take a, st- a step back, like, at ourselves and just, like, just maybe, like, chill for, like, a second? Well, all I want is um, to take a year off of St. Patrick's Day. I want everyone to take a year off because here's the thing. Like, like bartenders make money on St. Patrick's Day, but they don't have fun. And the people... Yeah, and no, like, that's the not like a great are, day for them. Like, the people who are normally out in, like, a sort of regular responsible capacity hate all of the other people who go out that day. And all of the people who go out that day who are the sort of, like, holiday drinkers, all they do is, like, injure themselves... And have a very bad next day. I saw two... Yesterday, Dave, I saw two people who were on crutches and one person who was getting pushed around in a chair. And I am pretty sure that those were all from St. Patrick's Day-related injuries. Man, I yeah, I think we could only assume that that is the case. Uh, but yeah, that's our, that's our plea to you. That's our call to America. Like, in everything else, crush it. Maybe sure. on St. Patrick's Day... Like, stop crushing it a little bit. Crush a little bit less <laughs> um, of it, please. Yeah. Uh, so what, Matt, is our second star of the week? Uh, Dave, second star of the week is I, I alluded to it earlier and actually mentioned it uh, last week, but I am living alone again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, because Katie is in Japan now. Yes. So. Uh, she is now officially in Tokyo. I talked to her a few days ago. She is 
uh, enjoying things very nicely, uh, sort of getting settled cool. still. But I am sort of having to recalibrate to living alone. And Dave, I know that this is not something that you have done in some time. Um, it's not. No, it's not. But as a as a single guy who has had a few roommates, like you yeah. know, over the years, when one of those roommates leaves and you are left living by yourself. There is a period, there's like a week or two period where you just need to like really fully come to grips with the fact that there is not another person in your apartment. And this means a couple of things. It means A, like the things in your apartment that need to be cleaned, you can no Uh longer maintain the fantasy that someone else is going to clean those things. Oh, because like, when, oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, like, when two people live together, both of them can think, well, I could clean, like, I could do, like, a deep clean of the shower this weekend, but maybe the other person is going to do it, and I won't have to. And I'm sure the other person is also thinking the same thing. But as soon as there yeah, is no, only that's one person, works. you're just a person living alone with a filthy shower. Like, and that's mm. now entirely on you. So it's it's stuff like that. And it is also doing the post-roommate purge, most of which happens in the refrigerator. Uh, Because there are, again, those things where you look at and you're like, man, I don't want to eat that. And I'm pretty sure it might be too old. But but maybe they want it. I don't want (laughs) to... Yeah, like maybe someone was right. saving Although, that for now, a listen, now I will say I don't know about you. There are a few things in life as pleasurable as like throwing out all the old food in your refrigerator. It just it's so great. Oh, it's yeah. so great. Like it's like yeah, it's amazing because then all of a sudden your fridge is clean. Yeah, it's just oh, it's just clean, I, clean I, fridge. God, I'm like, so I old. I don't I'm want so to old, celebrate man. food waste here, but I did throw. Yeah, out no, that's not what two, I'm saying. I did throw out two full grocery bags of things out of my refrigerator. Like the day after, yeah. You sh- no, you should feel a little bit bad about that, well, okay. especially since I know for a fact that you guys ordered four pizzas last week. So, okay, well, that's true. Um, no, but uh, most of it was uh, sort of like large, mostly empty containers. Mm. You know, it's oh, like okay. the, this is like, yes, the, yeah, yeah. The I got that's not as mustard bad. that you didn't actually need to buy, and like, there's just been two teaspoons of like ballpark mustard sitting in something for the last eight months or like a tablespoon of kimchi in a giant jar or like there were some jars dave that i looked at it and it looked like a jar of like bad old jam and the side like the sticker on the jar said grapefruit Mm. tea and i just thought you know what this might still be good i'm not going Mm. to explore it this is done now no, man. No, you made the right decision. You just, that's a sealed environment. That's a tiny terrarium now for horrifying bacteria. That's what that is. Uh, and you yeah. can safely throw it away. And I did. And I threw all that stuff away, Dave. And it feels so good. It feels so good. There are a few remnants of things that I will eventually circle back on and throw away. You know, like the apple that I could have eaten last week, but I didn't. And so now it's, it's in, it is past its prime. But it's not so far past its prime that I couldn't, like, bake with it. But I don't bake. But yeah, I can you don't fool bake, myself dog. into baking. Or I can, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to fool Matt, myself I've into baking. You. I can fool myself We've... into believing that I'm going to bake for the express purpose of not walking outside to throw the apple away. Yeah, Matt, I was going to say, listen, man, let me disabuse you of that notion. I've known you for 33 years. And, uh... It... 
If you haven't started baking now, <laughs> one semi-moldy apple is not going to change anything. I, I remember one time, Dave, this was years ago when I was living upstairs from you, um, when we had sort of two apartments in the same house, and yep. I, I, I was cleaning up my kitchen, and you were like upstairs hanging out with me for, for some reason or another, probably just because we're friends. Um, I was just clearing out my kitchen and putting stuff away, and there were a couple of bananas that were in my kitchen that were too, like... They were past the point of eating bananas, but they were sort of in the range of, like, banana bread bananas. Again, I've oh, never yeah. made banana mm-hmm. bread. All right. Um, <laughs> I picked up these bananas, and I opened the freezer, and I thought, oh. And I said, oh, I'm not going to throw these away. I'm just going to put them in the freezer. So that way, later, <laughs> I can have, and you cut me off and said, freezer bananas forever? And you know what? I did put them in the freezer, and you were right, because I had to throw those bananas away when I moved. Well, Matt, I know you. I, I fancy that I know you pretty well. <laughs> anyway, so that's that has been my week. Uh, I did clean out the shower. Looks great. Got new curtains in there and everything. Uh, but Dave, what is our third star of the week? So the third star of the week, Matt, is that uh, Time's Winged Chariot hurries on. Sure does. It's the third... It sure does. It's the third quarter of school already. And I only mentioned that. Like, now we're in the fourth quarter. This is it. The school year is three quarters over already. Which is a very, uh, it's just, a, it's a weird experience because being a teacher is a, like, how to say, it's a, it's a work year. And, like, the work year has, like, very, clear delimitations Mm -hmm. right like it starts on a particular day and because of summer vacation like it ends on a particular day and then like you know in between there are specific things and like the the year itself is divided into quarters like you know there comes a time where it's like oh yeah and i know like the business world does that as as well but i don't know like unless you're involved in like particular elements of business like how much quarterly whatever's like matter to you sure but like for me like when the quarter is over like i have stuff i have to do like i have to enter grades and everything and so it's uh it's very weird because it's like oh yeah it's like the third quarter again like the school year's almost over and like all the seniors are gonna graduate and another life a year of my life is is over now right like just there's another one that is the weird thing because it is a school year and it is a work year but it is also a literal actual year of your life yeah it is and it's like this it's this very strange thing um and it's also really weird for me because again i have seniors right and uh i because i do drama i i will very frequently interact with the same kids like starting freshman year and like I will see or teach or interact with them like all four years of high school. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and then and then they graduate and they leave. And it's it's a very weird sort of thing. Like, because for me, it's like, well, it's another year. And like this year's seniors have graduated. And, uh, you know, like I will just show up to the next. I will show up next year and there will be new seniors and like there will be new freshmen and my and life will just continue. But, like, I remember being a senior in high school. And, like, when you graduated high school, it's it's like this huge deal. Oh, yeah. You know what I sure. mean? Like, you are stepping out into the world of college. Like, you know, you're getting college accept If you went to college, you're getting college acceptance. Letters. You know, like, you're stepping out into the larger world 
uh, you know, in a way on your own for the first time. And it's this like enormously monumental experience. And there's like parties and, and celebrations and all of these things. And as a teacher, it's like, oh, yeah. Um, see you. It's June. See you later. <laughs> Congratulations. Great job. You know, and then it's just like, I got to go back to work because like the next year's seniors are there. Yeah. So it's just this very like it's a very weird, weird experience. And like. Uh, you know, I know I've mentioned this before, but when you're a kid and people are like, ah, the older you get, the faster time moves. I was like, sure, old man, I'm immortal and I'll live forever. <laughs> I'm not like fearing my own death or anything, but um, it is weird. Like, man, time does move really quickly, yep. like all of a sudden. Anyways, that's a weird thing. Time's winged chariot moves on. We're hurrying uh, inevitably toward the heat death of the universe. So let's... Sure, but, That's an inescapable but in truth. the meantime, Dave, would you like to hear about our fourth star? <laughs> I sure would, Matt. Um, our fourth star of the week is that I, on Friday night, yeah, Friday night, went to go see stand-up you comedian know. Uh, John Mulaney. Oh, yeah. Nice. It was very, it, if you have listened to his comedy at all, you might uh, have. have already guessed this. It was very good, Dave. Yeah, John Mulaney is a funny dude. Um, so the the challenge for me now is that I am going to try to tell you about the evening, but I like the actual fun part of the evening was listening to all the good jokes. But I can't just tell you about the good jokes because there is nothing less entertaining than listening to one person badly recount the very funny thing that a professional said. Yeah, um, that's. I think we could safely avoid that one. Thank so, you. So let me tell you a couple of observations of my night going to see John Mulaney. So uh, he was actually supposed to have been in town a few months ago, but he got he got like stranded in New York City. He couldn't get on a plane. So they had to reschedule the show, which was great because when they did that, more tickets opened up and I was able to buy one because previously I had gotten like totally like the show was totally sold out. So I was very excited. Um, I show up. Uh, I, I was actually going with some friends of mine. They had tickets from before, so we weren't sitting together. So we just, like, we showed up together and then we split up. Okay. And the the opener comes out, and his name was Max Silvestri. And he was also very funny. But here was the thing. I feel like I've heard of that dude. Okay. I also thought I had heard of him. And I spent the first, I spent, like, the entire time he was telling his very good jokes. Like, he was also a very funny dude. Um... He was telling his jokes, but I was only half paying attention and half trying to figure out where I knew this guy from. And eventually, right near the end of his set, I realized, like, oh, I don't know Max Silvestri. I know Mark Silvestri, co-creator of Witchblade, The Darkness, and Cyberforce. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, one of Matt, the original image guys. Well, Matt, I did just do a good, while you we were talking, I did a quick Google search for Max Silvestri. And it was like, do you mean Mark Silvestri? <laughs> And I was like, I don't know, maybe Mark Silvestri. And yeah, I'm the Witchblade. Yeah, man. yeah. Witchblade? Really, Mark? Hey, man. Really? Hey, he, Witchblade. You know, also made Cyberforce, I think. Cyberforce, Mark? Really? Hey, listen, it was, it was the Cyber early Force. 90s. Cyberforce is what we needed in the early 90s, Dave. It's what we needed, and it's what we deserved. <laughs> um, anyway, but it was very good. If you get a chance to watch him... Uh, you can now just know that fact about his name going in, so you don't have to worry about just, like, being completely distracted for ten minutes. Um, oh, thank you. So here thank is the other the other observation I had while I was there, is that this was a show at the State Theater downtown in Cleveland. 
Um, which if you do not live in the area, it's like, it is one of the three big theaters downtown where like, you know, when plays come through, that's where they are. Um, it is, it was not at a comedy club, but the thing is that growing up, the only comedy that I would see other than like on like late night shows was like comedy central presents like one hour specials, right? Yes. Where everybody was We watched a ton of those. Oh yeah. We watched those like every Friday night. Because I think that's when it was on, on Comedy Central. Yeah. Um, you know, back when you had to pay attention to when things were on. Um, so. In the dark times. So we watched that all long, the time. long, long ago. And like, it, it, it took a while for me to realize, oh, most, not only does not all comedy happen in a like big theater setting, most comedy does not happen in a big theater setting. And I have sort of, yeah. it took a while to sort of calibrate my brain to, yeah, like comedy is a thing that happens in bars and in comedy clubs and in stuff like that. Theaters are only for like big acts and like, you know, it's a, it's sort of the rare thing. And so when I went to go see the show the other day, I realized that I had, despite the fact that that is what I thought comedy was when I was a kid, I had never actually gone to see a comedian in a big theater before. Oh, oh, Okay. Um, and it was, it was a very weird experience because it wasn't, it kind of felt like, oh, cause I was up also like up on the mezzanine. So I wasn't mm-hmm. like right up on it and it kind of, I had to keep remembering that I was there and I wasn't just watching it somewhere no, else. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, a couple of years ago, Beth got me tickets to ghosts. We went and saw, um, Eddie Izzard when he came through Cleveland. Oh yeah. And it was, we, it, I think he was actually also at the state and it was a very, similar sort of experience like you have to remember and like cuz I don't go to a lot of live shows so actually anytime I go to a live show I do have to in a way remind myself that it is actually literally happening in front of me yeah I know rather than uh it is it's a it's a sort of surreal experience actually and I, think I try we, not to think about it too hard cuz it kind of wigs me out I think when we went to go see Mr. Science Theater at that live show we talked about this exact thing but it was even worse at Mystery Science Theater because for most of the show, they literally left the stage and, like, stood behind the screen and made jokes while we watched a movie. Yeah, that was also very... I mean, it was that was a great thing. Night, but it was... You did really have to, like, kick yourself in the pants to remember, like, oh, they're actually up there doing the thing. Anyway, um, it was really good. If he comes through your town and the tickets have not already sold out, I recommend you go see them. Uh, that's all. Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? So our fifth and final star of the week, Matt, is, is a wait, Matt. Matt, something has just come across my desk. Matt, it's Baby Watch. We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. So, uh, first thing in Baby Watch, speaking of years, like, flying by, the baby's been with us almost a year now, which wow. is pretty wild. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's um, in mid-April. Mid-April. So, we're actually, it's about a month. So, they've been with us 11 months, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be a month. But still, it's crazy. But they are almost 16 months old now. They are, they run around everywhere. They're climbing on everything. 
they Oh yeah, they are, are terrors. I mean adorable, but yeah, they oh, are yeah, yeah, yeah. adorable terrors. Adorable terrors, but like constant constant like low grade heart attacks cuz they're they're like standing and about to pitch themselves off pitch themselves off of something. Um they are they have got a bunch of words now. They each know like they they recognize a lot more words than they use, but this is crazy. They have started to put together like rudimentary sentences. Oh. Okay. And uh so they will say and they use like they use like a mix of words, like half words. Yeah, they're like they're like baby words. Sure. Um baby words and sign language, because they know some sign language. And but they will put together sentences. So they'll be like so they'll say uh they they can't say cup, they don't they don't do hard C's, but they say bop, right? Because they want something to drink. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, they'll sign, they'll sign more, and then they'll say cup, and then they'll do please. Or they'll just be like, cup, please more? Like, it's all kind of jumbled together. Uh, or, this is pretty wild. So the other day, Beth had had uh, Buddy Bear, and he was like, cup, cup, cup. And she was like, what do you want? And But he had his cup in his hand, and there was water in it. And she said... What do you want? You know, do you want your cup? And he said, cup, cup, cup. And she said, well, do you want milk or water? And he was like, milk, milk, milk. Like, he doesn't actually say milk. I'm paraphrasing. Sure. Uh, milk, milk. But we happened to be out of milk. Like, I was picking some up on my way home from work that day. And she said, no, milk, you know, milk's all gone. Like, there isn't any. And he was like, no more, like, no milk more. And then he started crying. Like, he put together, like, he understood her sentence, and he was very sad that there was no milk. It was super impressive. Um, so, yeah, they are they're just exploding up. They're super, super cute. And uh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, Dave, uh, that is that is the update on uh, your kids. We also need to soon find an update on the child of the evil mastermind, Genius Kuroda. Uh, and to do that, oh, yeah. we've got to go watch episode 18, A Dad's Unusual Love. Uh, we're going to go do that, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, uh, Dave, we've just finished watching this episode, of course. Uh, yes. We didn't, we didn't watch it before. Guys, we wouldn't lie to you. We only just watched it now. We... Man, I'm not going to put my name to that. <laughs> yeah, no, we actually... That's on your That's on your soul. Don't do that, dude. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, we watched it beforehand. Uh, I, I am sorry for the momentary deception. Uh, but we're, we're going to talk about it now. I can... We can swear yeah, to that. Yeah, that's... That is in proper order. We promise. Okay. We... So... Let's, let's do that thing, Dave. Let's, let's move on away from my, from my deceptions. Yeah, okay. So, uh, if you recall, Shigeru, the evil... Mastermind genius Kuroda, his son, is a robot, which he didn't know. Kuroda know. Shigeru, the robot himself, did not know Correct. that he was he was a robot. Uh, so the rangers are like, where is evil mastermind genius Kuroda hiding? Um, in his house, it turns out. Yeah, he just literally just, went home. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They didn't. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. They, they didn't think to check there, first of all. Uh, so we see evil mastermind genius Kuroda, and he is uh, operating, I guess? He's he's working. He's working on Shigeru. And Shigeru is like, am I a robot? Dad, why am yeah, I a dude. robot? <laughs> yeah, dude, you 100% are a robot. And he's like, what's... And he asks, he's like, what's going, what's going on? So, because we're not clear yet, 
as to like what is Shigeru like his has he grown up like as a was he just built and like what we don't know so here's what we find out there was a biological Shigeru yes who died he was hit by a car yeah, which we get a we get a little flashback sequence of this child about to be hit by a car. It's like, hey kids, yeah, here's here's your fun superhero show. Here's footage of yeah. a child about to be run down by a truck. Yeah, and so this so Kuroda is telling him this, and he's like, there was a biological Shigeru. He died. You are a computer imprint of that biological child, and he says, but. And I guess he says this by way of, like, don't feel bad. He says, but you are more important. I care about you more than I ever cared about the biological Shigeru because he was so fragile and he died. And so did my wife, which, like, okay, now we sort of are getting, you know, maybe we're getting a little peek behind the curtain of evil evil mastermind genius Kuroda. Yeah. It's a little bit raw. It is. It's like, hey, all of of my... uh... Not Kaku Ranger. O-Ranger. Like, all of my family members are dying. Humans are too frail. Um, so what I've done is I've, I've recreated you as a robot. And now you can be a hundred times stronger than humans. And also, I can put a bunch of weapons in you. <laughs> right. You're as strong as ten gorillas. Um, <laughs> and Shigeru's like, I do not want lasers in my yeah, face, like, dude. I'm, I'm good, dude. I don't need that. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's... Trust me, trust me, Robo-san, it's the best. This is why, he's like, this is why I'm pro-Baranoia, because we'll just, you know, everybody will be robots, it'll be great. Now, this is the, this, so, this here is the most irrealistic thing apart the part about the episode, which is like, if I was 10, and someone said like, hey, like, yes or no, do you want lasers to be able to come out of your face? The answer would obviously <laughs> be yes. Like, sure, I would be yeah. sad to find out that, like, I was a robot based on a dead human, but like... Face lasers, dude. That's a silver yeah, now, lining. Yeah, I will say, Shigeru, like, seems to maybe be upset, but we will, we're will we going to see later in the episode. He handles this, what has got to be pretty devastating existential cri- crisis, with uh, a remarkable degree of, of calmness. He's yes. incredibly sanguine about this whole thing. Um. So what we then we we see the rangers, and they are they're in front of the fun farm. They haven't even left the fun farm. To be clear, it's not like they left chasing evil mastermind genius Kuroda. We're like, where did he possibly escape to? They're literally like 50 feet away from where the last episode ended. And they're just like, we don't know where he is. Yeah. And so... uh, And they say, well, he must be on the other side of this mountain. And so instead of, I don't know, getting in a helicopter or summoning their giant robots that can fly or any of these other things, they just get in a cable car... And are just, I think just because they had not yet shown us that, uh, oh, what's this place called, Dave? Something Family Farm? Rindu Lake? Yeah, dang, I can't remember all of a sudden. Rindo but Lake. yeah, the Family they Fun Farm. They had not yet shown us that Rindo Lake Family Farm had cable cars, and so they needed to squeeze that into the episode. <laughs> so, um, we, we go to, we go from there up to the moon. And Kuroda is now, oh no, I'm sorry. And they see like a Baranoia transport ship come down. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's paranoia. And uh, we don't know. They don't They don't explain this. But presumably, the transport ship is there to pick up Kuroda. Because the next scene is that evil genius mastermind Kuroda, sorry. Yeah. Uh, is that we see evil mastermind genius Kuroda on the moon. 
and he is talking to Emperor Bacchus Wrath. And he says, listen, I am, he's like, I'm on your side, man. You and me, Bacchus Wrath and Kuroda. I hate people. I'm pro-robot. Let's talk. Yeah. And Bacchus Wrath says, dude, like, no, you are a human. I don't know if you've caught on to this yet, but I do hate humans. Uh, and like, you have nothing to offer me. I already have everything I need up here. So I'm just going to keep throwing robots at Earth and uh, like take this guy off to the scrapyard to kill him. Because they're not used yep. to having organic things around that they have to kill. So it's like, oh, take him <laughs> to the junkyard like, and leave his body there. that right there, man. Yeah. So uh, Kuroda says, no, no, no. He says, I have... He says, first of all, I have a foolproof... As he's getting dragged away. He says, I have a plan to destroy the O-Rangers. And I do have something you don't have. I have something you don't have. I have the power of hatred. The power of hatred. I hate... I hate humans because they're so weak. And he says, and then also things are going to get, things are going to get real intense here for a second. Oh, yeah. Kuroda says, he says, I hate God for making humans so weak and like fragile. And he hates humans humans. for worshiping God because they should hate him also for making them so fragile. And he says, machines should destroy all the humans and rule earth in the place of God. Yeah, Kuroda is... Man, this is a dude who spends way too much time alone. Like, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Yes, yeah, he does. You know how you get mad so, at one thing, and then if you don't get distracted from being mad at that thing, like, yeah, like you can sort of take yourself down a path. Like this dude has mm-hmm. been down that path for a couple of years. Yeah. So we. <laughs> so we just then we go from there to the rangers and we we go back to the rangers and they are back at Rindo Lake Family Fun Farm oh, they're, 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 and the chief is there they are at uh they are at the evil mastermind Junus Kuroda's house cuz they find Shigeru there and they're like hey dude where is your dad they're like oh yeah he went off with they are, well, they're, they're they're about to get there they're about to get there uh because the chief shows up at the front gate and they're like hey chief we found we found this data and it's it's a 5 inch floppy mat and it took me like a half a second to figure to out, figure what, out what they were like waving around in their hands. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a five inch floppy disk. I haven't seen, I mean, you know, since like the 90s, right? Yeah. Which is when the show That's was the thing. Made, it so. wasn't even the three and a half inch. It was the full five. It was the big, the big five incher. Um, that was a weird sentence to have said. Uh, but yeah, uh, so, so they anyways, found this in uh, Kuroda's house and they have delivered yeah. it now to the chief. Oh, that's that's right. They were already in that, and the, but Shigeru is still there, and they're like, "Why would he leave Shigeru? Like that doesn't like that's very weird. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Why why would he leave and leave and leave the kid there? Um, and then we flip over and we see it's uh, Shohei and Momo, and they are with Shigeru, and you know they're sort of talking to him. And he's like, he's like it's just, he's like it's really weird. Like I I know I'm a robot. Because I've seen like my robo guts or whatever, uh, but but like I remember all of these experiences that I had with my dad here at Rindo Lake Family Fun Farm, and we get like a flashback sequence. Sure, all of our fun times on the paddle boats, in the go karts, <laughs> like on the pony ride, all of the fun uh, things we, that you could do here at Rindo Lake Family Farm. I re- yeah, I'm sure that there's like a theme song, and I really wish that I knew it so I could be stinging that in here. But uh, you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, so again, he is he is handling this existential crisis with incredible sanguinity. Like he's like he's weirded out by it, but he's like, hmm, this is odd. 
How strange. He's not My like, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's approaching robot. it. Right. I mean, I guess he's just approaching it with like, with robot like logic. Maybe evil genius, evil mastermind genius Garota just did, <laughs> didn't program in too many emotions. Um, but, anyways, then they're attacked by giant metal tentacles. Yes, they like spring out of the ground. Yeah, uh, it turns out they're actually they're not tentacles; they are vines. They're huge. They're gigantic metal metal vines. And uh, there's like a there's a brief attack. We don't really see how it ends, but we do hear we flip over to the other rangers and we hear like a distress a distress call coming into them. So like they rush over, uh, the team arrives. So it's now the other rangers are there, but Shoei and Momo are gone. But yeah, Shigeru been, is still like, there, dragged underground by these vines. Yeah, it's super cool, actually. So Yuji just says, "Like, how could they have let themselves be taken?" It's like, let, listen, Yuji, I don't. They didn't just like chill and let it happen. I think you know your teammates well enough. You could assume they probably fought back, bud. Yeah, I just yeah. feel like that demonstrates like a real lack of faith in your in your squad. <laughs> so uh, they get a call from the chief, and they say, "Hey." Uh, Here's what's up. I was looking at this five-inch floppy disk that you brought me, and on it are the blueprints for Shigeru. Just an astonishing amount of data. And he's like, and here's what's up. Uh, that dude's definitely got face lasers. <laughs> right. He has a hundred times the strength of a human and face. And he and like just he's just loaded with weapons. Yeah. He has so many weapons in his tiny, tiny body. Like, you literally wouldn't believe how many weapons are in this kid. And so, like, they are sort of trying to figure this out. And when they are doing this, a tentacle pops out and grabs Juri, like, wraps her up, and drags her up into, like, well, up into a crane shot where the camera is above them. It's actually a very Yeah, cool no, shot. it's a cool shot. Man, I, I feel like I talk a lot in this show about cool camera work. Was the, I wonder, like... Who the no, person responsible I, a lot. for that was in this show? Yeah, I'm not sure, but it is definitely a. Uh, I feel like a step up in many ways. Like there's some stuff that you see a lot, like cool, like good angle work to to sell the uh, like you know the giantness of robots and stuff. But I I feel like O Ranger is doing a lot of not like incredibly innovative stuff, but like for a Saturday morning kids show, pretty like pretty intense, you know, like big crane shots yeah, and doing like more than journeys hanging there and stuff. So, uh, so that's cool. So then Shigeru transforms. Well, his head transforms. Yes. His head transforms into a robot head it, which, and he which, blasts eye lasers. It kind of looks like the head out of like an old metal hero show. Uh, if you've ever gotten into a weird tokusatsu like wikipedia hole and know what that looks like no i have i was thinking kind of looks like ultraman a little yeah, bit a little bit like ultraman. Uh, he also a little bit looks like the robot heads from the music video for domo origato mr Roboto. well there you go as well so, now, the, the, the interesting thing is that only his head changes his body is still the body of a young boy in a striped polo shirt yeah so that's weird but you know listen full body robot suits are expensive if you're just gonna do a head then then it's less uh you know less expensive <laughs> sure so he does he blasts them with lasers and they're like shigeru like what are you doing why are you attacking us and they see like they look up and they see on the giant like the metallic vine that there's like a transponder or something and it's beeping and then like there's a light on shigeru that's beeping and they're like oh it must be like, you know, evil evil mastermind genius Kuroda is doing this remotely somehow. Mm -hmm. 
The vine then drags Juri away, and um, Shigeru... Is it Shigeru or Shigeru? This has been bothering me all episode, and I'm genuinely not sure. I, I think it's Shigeru. In any case... I mean, I'm not... This, I'm certainly not an expert. I just this robot kid, this robot, uh, this robot boy, um, and uh, it is now only Goro and uh, Yuji who are like free and still able to try to hunt down the rest of them. Yeah, so they are. I don't exactly know what they're supposed to be following. They're just kind of, they're just sort of following something. So they they go up a mountain and then they find a cave. I. Uh, they're oh oh instincts, I guess. Um, sure. So they go up, they find a cave, they walk into the cave. It's a trap. Obviously, obviously, it's a trap. Um, and inside and, is the evil mastermind, genius Kuroda. But he is no longer and, just that stuff. Yeah, and boy, howdy, is it a weird visual? Uh, if you like X-Men comic books, then the easiest way to describe this is that this Joker has gone oh, wait, Matt, full camera Can I just say? Cameron can I say? Hodge. Ah, you said it before I was... That was going to be what oh, I, my I'm guess sorry. was, though. No, it's okay. Is that yeah, also, he's gone is full Cameron Hodge. Notes? It, it isn't, but as soon as you said X-Men, I was like, oh, yeah, he went full Cameron Hodge. Yeah, because... Uh, like, he is a human... He's a human face... With his glasses on still, I think. With glasses on still. Uh, attached to, like, a weird... He's not, I forget. Tentacle-y... Tentacle? It's ivy. It's vines. It's like a techno-organic sort of like, vine thing. Like, it, it genuinely yeah, does but he's look like, like he has, like, infected himself with the techno-organic virus in an attempt to join the technarchy. Yeah, he is also... And so he's, like, encased in this thing, but then also Shigeru is, like also built into it, but we only see Shigeru's head. And then he's like, I've merged with Shigeru. Now we can be together forever, which is like, listen, Kuroda, I recognize that you've had some real difficulty going through the mourning grieving process. What you're doing now is not healthy. This is not a healthy way to deal with, no, with grief. Um, no, you should, when you are when you're grieving the loss of a a close friend or family member, there's a lot yeah. of things that you can do. You know, you can. There's a lot of things you know that you should do. Reach you know, you out, reach out to people who you know, who you love. You know, maybe a, uh, you know, go seek counseling, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe involve yourself in a cause that was dear to the person that you've lost. Sure, uh, you know, and so honor their memory in that way. What what you should not do <laughs> is create a robotic replica slash warrior bot in the shape of that loved one and then implant their memories into it and then sell your soul to an intergalactic robot empire for the power to physically merge with the robot simulcrum that you have created of your lost loved one. That's not one of the steps of the grieving process. Don't do that thing. Uh, so, <laughs> so evil master by genius Kuroda is like he's got that he's like attacking the rangers with his robo vines and he's also activating Shigeru's like eye blasts and he also has like a, a flamethrower mouth oh which is hilarious because um, there's this little like spout that comes out of Shigeru's mouth and then flame yeah. comes out of it and every time he does it it makes it look like he's a little baby smoking robot uh, <laughs> you just got like a tiny robo cigarette 
And, uh, you know, so Goro, he's he's being attacked, and he's like, can't you see how this is hurting Shigeru? And it's like, Goro, like, Goro, I get what you're trying to say, but Shigeru is dead. Uh, this is a robot, this is a warrior bot replication of well, Shigeru. Well, I mean, but it does contain um, basically Shigeru's right, it, brain. Yeah, so well, that's a whole weird ethical question that you've raised for us, evil mastermind genius Kuroda. Right, because then, like, uh, uh, I think it's Jury is saying, listen, your body is robot, but, like, in there, you are still Shigeru. You have, like, the mind and heart of a human. Like, you need to, so she's addressing Shigeru, and she's like, you know, like, you need to fight back and, like, stop doing this. And uh, Robo Shigeru does fight back. He stops doing his eye lasers, and his, like, flamethrower mouth, like, retracts. Uh, and, and he cries some robo tears. Yes, you will believe he that even like an a android could cry. Yeah, single ro- <laughs> oh, nice cut. Uh, single robo tear, and then he frees the rangers. He like he does something. I'm not exactly sure what. I think he uses his eye lasers to zap the vines. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And then he like teleports away slash, and at the same time, like reverts back to his human form. Okay. Uh. Oh, by the way, Bara, uh, Bacchus Wrath is watching all of this. He's like, hmm, this might actually work out pretty well. This is, this Kuroda guy is a real heart of a robot. I guess. Um, and, but then Shigeru, like, frees the rangers and, and he's fine. And Kuroda's like, I'll destroy you, rangers. And then Bacchus Wrath is like, we, we see him and he's like, nah, this was a giant waste of time. This is, this actually was a terrible plan. And then he just says, Bara Ivy. And this is wild. Yeah, I did not expect this even a little bit. Yeah, so it turns out they did not, like, they did sort of turn Kuroda into a robot, but they, they kind of tricked him. Yeah, they, because they did not he trust him to operate was, on himself, or operate by himself, right. rather. He thought he was running this whole show. Turns out that, like, what they did is they semi-merged him with a different... uh. Robeast, and <laughs> which is Barra Ivy, Dave. Sure, whatever. Uh, I I, I patently refuse to make that distinction. Um, <laughs> and so he, and so Barra Ivy has been sort of like riding shotgun on this whole thing. And then as soon as Bacchus Wrath is like, "Nah, this is a dumb plan," Barra Ivy is out. Now, evil genius, evil mastermind genius Corona does still have some, like, robo parts because he does manage to, like, get off a few eye blasts. Yeah, he's got, like, lasers that come out of him. But then he sort of seeing this whole thing that Bacchus Wrath has betrayed him, that his son, like, wants to be free of this, that the Rangers are trying to help his son. They're like, he says, you guys go. I will try to hold off Barra Ivy for a minute. And they have, like a weird robot fight that doesn't last very long. Yeah, it's like just, they like kind of blast back and forth a little bit. Uh, evil genius mastermind Kuroda, evil, man, I keep, whatever. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have quite the firepower of Bara Ivy. So like he gets a couple of shots off and then Bara Ivy like just crush. And the, the vines, the giant vines, those are all Bara Ivy. Yeah. Um, so evil mastermind genius Kuroda dies. He's, he's dead mm-hmm. uh, as far as we know. And then the fight, they kind of take the fight outside. From there, uh, it's fun because Bara Ivy does have these, like, giant vines that they do some cool stuff to show him, like, whipping around. And, yeah, uh, and, like, Bara Ivy and his vines can each, like, burrow through the ground and pop out other places. Yeah, so, like, that that was fairly cool. Uh, a couple of other cool camera be- bits where, like, 
the camera will, will be focused on one of the O-Rangers fighting. And then it'll then you will realize that the camera is zoomed way in because it zooms back and there is another person fighting like much closer to the camera. Yeah. So uh, I mean so but aside from that as far as like it's a pretty straightforward oh, yeah. like they fight, they do the big bang buster, he goes down, Achin Kocha shows up, he becomes giant, they summon the O Robo, they fight for a second, crown final crash, and then like that's the end of, of Barra Ivy. Although there there was one bit in there where I was thinking about it because even when he's giant, Barra Ivy has this ability to like burrow through the ground. But he's not the size of a person anymore. He's the size of like a large office building. And so the idea of something that large, just like quick burrowing underground and popping up, like (laughs) that's got to cause some serious like topographical problems. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, they're out there like out in a quarry mountain. So if anything, he's actually kind of doing them a a favor. Think about it. Maybe that's why there are so many quarries in Super Sentai, is all of these fights out in what start off as a forest, just like clear the area and break up the ground. Like, well, I mean, there's a lot of good rocks out there. Should probably go collect them. Yeah, man, so much, so much good rock. Um, Okay, so at the end of that fight, everybody is, everybody's kind of like down and in human form again, and they find Shigeru. And he looks up at Goro and he's like, hey, mister, which at first is weird because, you know, his name is Goro. Um, he's like, this is this is it, isn't it? And Goro's like, oh, like Shigeru, no. He's like, my dad, and my then, dad's dead, right? He's like, yeah, my dad's dead, your right? dad is dead. Yeah, he's like, yeah, sorry, bud. Uh, and he's like, oh, Rangers, like, thank you so much for, like, being there for me. And then he like Shigeru dies. And the Rangers are like, Shigeru, no! You know, like, they're very upset that this little boy has died. And then the chief rolls up and he's like, there's like, Rangers. They're like, yeah, chief. He's like, "Uh, Shigeru's a robot. He's not dead. You could just, we could just fix him. It's, like, it's fine. Like, I I will take care of it personally uh, after I have removed all the weapons from his body. Yes, I am 100% (laughs) doing that. But then I could just, you know... Put a new battery in him and like solder some stuff. It'll be good. But like we can just—he's a robot. It'll it'll be fine. It's great because I also was like, oh geez, man, Shigeru died. It's like, oh wait, no, he is—he is a robot. It's okay. And then the next shot that we see is he's fine. He's like on a bike and all the at Rindo Lake Family Fun Farm. Yeah, he's like on a bike and all the Rangers are there and they're like rolling around having fun. Uh, and then that's that's it. That's where the episode ends. Okay, Dave, that's the end of the episode. But before we get into our closing segment, I have a question for you about yeah, Shigeru. Okay. Do you think we're going to see him again? Because I feel like the answer to Man, that is probably know. no. But if we, but I feel like we should. Like if we don't see him It would be cool again, if we did. Like, like, yeah, it is sad that that child had died and that the robot simulcrum of him had been, like, damaged and shut down. But, like... Now he's just a tiny robot orphan boy? So, like, if yeah. if we continue to see him, that's cool. Like, you know, he just, like, hangs around the base and they become his new family or whatever. Like, that's great. If we don't continue to see him, then we just have to assume that they repaired this little orphan boy, removed all of his defenses, and sent him out into the world. Now, okay. Now, see, I would say, if we are to assume anything, is that he is... 
he has in he is in the base somewhere. Like he is, you know, maybe yeah. That's, that's he is he is operating in the auspices of the O Ranger program. Okay, I I can feel a little more comfortable about that, Dave. Uh, but now, as uh, previously alluded to, um, we need to figure out where I guess Barra Ivy falls on the creature royale. Is that who yeah. we're putting up, or are we putting up the evil mastermind genius Kuroda? Well, okay, man, I don't know. Because I feel they like both monsters. evil like, mastermind genius Kuroda. Yeah, I feel like he needs to be on there. I feel like we ought to do them separately, to be honest. Okay. Um. Well, because like, okay, evil mastermind genius Kuroda is actually like a pretty pretty fun villain. Yes. Uh, I am thinking he is in. I mean, my my obvious touch point for him is Doctor Yagami. And where is Doctor Yagami? Doctor Yagami is actually spot number twenty four, so he's pretty high on the list. Um, I I'm torn. I really, I I feel like I like them both a lot in in very different ways. Um, and I I don't know which I if I like one better than the other. I'm going to say that I like Dr. Yagami more, if only because he was, like, he wasn't just a freak of the week. Like, he was a dude that they had to contend with, like, pretty regularly throughout a good portion of that season. Yeah, so if we're looking at Dr. Yagami as the as the cap on that, um, well, I tell you what. What about, if we go down a couple of spots on the list, there's Iron Mask Choryu, which I feel like, you know, he's Iron Mask Choryu was, in a way, like, also kind of a Freak of the Week monster. He yeah. wasn't around for, like, a really long time. Uh, you know, he had an impact on the story, obviously. He was a conflicted so, dad who turned evil. He's a conflicted dad, yeah. So, as I am... Yeah, so I'm I'm much more comfortable putting him in and around that space of Iron Mask Choryu. But I actually don't... I don't think I like him as much as I like Iron Mask Choryu. Okay, do you like him? Right below Iron Mask Choryu is Meteor Bem. Do you like him more or less than Meteor Bem? I think I like him more than Meteor Bam. And then I'm looking, I'm seeing like Sarugami the Ninja Monkey, Bara Darts, Omukata the Football Centipede. And I, I do like him more than more than those guys. Okay. So I would say right underneath Iron Mask Choryu. All right, that works for me. Okay, so then the question is, is where does Bara Ivy go? And honestly, Bara Ivy goes on this list like just out of a sense of completeness. I mean, he's perfectly serviceable, right? Like we don't get a lot of him, but... Who, okay, who am I, I'm thinking of... Like, I don't have beef with him. He just kind of is a non-entity. You know, I mean, he, he's not even the main monster in the episode. He re- you know what yeah, I'm saying? He like, he just, he of, literally, he shows up right at the end. Yeah. And they fight him, and then that's it. He reminds me of Tor- uh, Torpedo Piranha from Jetman, who is just, like, Imagine another monster Piranha. who shows up at the end just to die. Yeah, he also reminds me a lot of Baron String, just for, like, aesthetic reasons. Yeah. Uh, well, that's there's a big gap between those two because uh, Torpedo Piranha is at number one twenty, and Baron String is actually fairly high still. I think. No, he's at one hundred two. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think right in right in the space of Torpedo Piranha is actually pretty low on the on the bottom of the list, but but yeah. So okay, I, I would actually probably. I'm thinking Cherry Blossom Viscount, Voice Dimension, Torpedo Piranha. Didn't we just put somebody else on the bottom of this list? Yeah, uh, General 
Oh, wait, I just... Oh, uh, Bar of Vacuum. Bar of Vacuum. I was about to read the thing. Oh, yes, Yeah, Bar of Vacuum is uh, just at the above the very bottom because General Cactus is at the bottom where he will remain, is yes. my guess. Uh, I would say Torpedo Piranha is crueler than Barra Ivy because his name is Torpedo Piranha. That's true. Barra Ivy does have that cool sort of like... Uh, the, honestly, the only reason I like Barra Ivy is because visually he reminds me of those like phalanx um, dudes from X-Men. But that's really just for me. Uh, Torpedo Piranha is cooler. I was going to say, that's a very good point. But on the other hand, Matt, um, Torpedo's Piranha's name is Torpedo Piranha. Yeah, and he didn't just have one Torpedo Piranha face. He had two Piranha faces, both of which shot torpedoes. So... Yeah, which I think puts him above uh, above Bara Ivy. Listen, sometimes, so Bara we, Ivy comes sometimes in we talk about the like the emotional heart of the characters, and sometimes it just comes down to how many piranha faces you got. It's listen, it's not a it's a factor. It's a factor. So uh, that puts Bara Ivy in at the new spot one hundred and twenty one okay. on the creature royale. And that Dave is going to do it for another episode for your eyes, O Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes, or if you want to check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please read and review on Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you find the show. Um, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. (laughs) 